Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our worship assembly this morning. Uh, we're so thankful that you're here. And if you are visiting with us, as has been mentioned before, uh, we're really glad that you're here. Your, your interest in spiritual things is an encouragement to us, and we do hope that you'll stay around a little while. Let us meet you and greet you before you leave today. Have you ever been to a hearing? I have been on a few uh, occasions where I attended a hearing, whether it was one for a U.S. congressman coming to town for a town hall meeting, uh, whether it's in a courtroom supporting a friend or serving as a witness. So what happens at a hearing? People present their concerns uh, to a council sometimes or someone in authority to, who can affect change or in a legal setting. Arguments are presented before a judge or a jury for a decision to be, re to, to be reached. What would be the greatest insult to those who are presenting their arguments to a council or a judge? The council members hearing but refusing to make a decision that's in your favor? Well, that's not so insulting. That's their prerogative. That's what they're there to do. How about council members sleeping and not hearing? That would probably be a little bit infuriating. The council's not hearing. They're not receiving the information, and it's by their choice they're choosing to ignore it. What about a judge who refuses to take any action whatsoever to bring about justice, although he's heard the case and the decision's obvious? This is likely to be infuriating because the judge is receiving the information, he's hearing it, he's understanding it, but he refuses to do anything about it. Turn over to 2 Samuel 15, 2 Samuel 15, 1 through 4 for a moment, 2 Samuel 15, 1 through 4. Remember here in this passage when Absalom was attempting to undermine his father's rule by telling people who would come into town, if you find there in the middle of verse 2, Absalom would say, what city are you from? And he would say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me, then I would give them justice. You see, Absalom knew people want to at least be heard, and then what they really want is justice. We want something to be done about a situation that's unjust, don't we? Even though these people lived over 3,000 years ago, they still had that same human desire to be heard and to receive justice. It's the same today. This kind of hearing takes effort, takes listening, considering, and deciding. Have you ever asked your child to pick up their clothes off the floor in the room? And they say, yes, sir, I'll take care of that. But then you go in there a little while later, and nothing's been done. I'm sure that's never happened to any of you here who have children besides me. Sorry, Alyssa and Elena. Um, have you ever caught yourself saying to the child, did you hear me? Why would we ask that question of our kids? Because nothing was acted upon, right, that we asked them to do. Later, we might find ourselves telling them to clean their room and then immediately do a follow-up, did you hear me, before you leave, because we want to make sure that they're understanding and they're going to act on what we want them to do. The joys of raising children and all the challenges of raising them right. It's tough, but it's rewarding, right? I wonder what God thinks of us sometimes after putting forth so much effort to relay exactly what he wants us to be, exactly what he wants us to do, and then we don't hear him. Isn't it wonderful 
when our children long to hear what we have to say, when they're interested, they give us their full attention. I mean, no cell phone, no distractions, just eye-to-eye contact, registering all that's said and acknowledging what is said. You know, if my dad had written down all that he wanted me to know as his son, wouldn't it be a shame for me to choose not to read it or listen to it? My question this morning is, for me and for you, how is our spiritual hearing? How are we hearing spiritually? How well are we listening to God's voice through His will revealed in the Scriptures? Firstly, who are you listening to spiritually? God tells the disciples, Peter, James, and John, at the Transfiguration, Luke 9, 35, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. It's very clear that Jesus is the one we are supposed to be listening to, and it does matter who we're hearing. Who are we listening to? If I'm listening to my friends about how I should worship or how I should live my life, we are listening, but we're listening to the wrong voices. Let's look at 1 Kings 13, 1 Kings 13, verse 11. There's the man of God referred to here in 1 Kings 13 who chose to listen to the older prophet in spite of what God had commanded him and was killed for it. You remember that story in the scriptures, 1 Kings 13, 1 through 10? It relays the work of a man of God who tells Jeroboam, the king of Israel, of a prophecy that would be fulfilled about 300 years later. In 2 Kings 23, 15 through 20, you can find that fulfilled when Josiah executes the false prophets and he burns the bones of men on the altars in Bethel, just as was prophesied by this man of God to Jeroboam. Jeroboam doesn't like this prophecy. He stretches out his hand against the man of God, wanting to arrest him. But God causes Jeroboam's hand to wither. It says he couldn't move. Jeroboam begs the prophet to petition God to heal his hand, which he does. Jeroboam tells the prophet in verse 7, 1 Kings 13, verse 7, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the prophet refuses in verse 8. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat your bread nor drink your water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So this man of God went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. This, in my estimation, is a great example of someone following God's will in spite of great temptation to do otherwise. This is the king offering a reward, and he's refusing it. Nope, God told me I couldn't do that. I need to go back this other way. I really wish the story ended here, but it doesn't. If you read the rest of it, 1 Kings 13, 11, through the rest of that chapter, verse 34, at least, tells the rest of the story. This older prophet invites this man of God to his house for a meal. And the man of God refuses. That's what he should have done. He said, no, I cannot do this. But the older prophet tells him a lie. In verse 15, he says, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. The man of God is punished for his disobedience to God 
and killed by a lion on his way because he listened to the lie and refused to listen to the voice of God. This is a perfect example in my estimation of how we can be tripped up by false doctrines which result in punishment for us. The old prophet used the same old lie that we hear sometimes today. An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, but it was a lie. The man of God believed the lie, followed the old prophet's uh, words, and he was punished for it. We shouldn't fall into the same trap. Believing a lie was no excuse for what the man of God had done. It was disobedience to the word of God. If we believe a lie... It's no excuse. It's disobedience to God. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2, makes it as clear as crystal. We should be listening to Jesus. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world's. It does matter who it is that we're listening to. If someone tells you something that is contrary to what's been revealed in the Scriptures, do not listen to them. The responsibility is yours and mine to follow the truth. We cannot blame someone else for our failure to follow what God has revealed to us through His Word. It's our failure when we choose to listen to someone else. We can't blame anybody else. Paul tells the brethren in the region of Galatia, in Galatians 1, 6 through 9, in a very familiar passage to most, Galatians 1, 6 through 9, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. There are those who want to trouble us and pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we... This is Paul writing here. He says, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Who is the anyone in that passage? Anyone who teaches you something contrary to what is recorded in the scriptures. It could be a family member teaching me something that's incorrect. It could be a, a friend, a boyfriend of a girl, a, a girlfriend of a boy, someone at work, a, even someone in this local congregation could be attempting to teach me or you something wrong. We've got to look at the standard. We've got to listen spiritually to Jesus. Secondly, how effectively are you and I hearing what God has instructed us to think and to do? Hebrews chapter 2. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, a follow-up there to Hebrews 1. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and every disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Remember when we were thinking a few moments ago about how wonderful it would be 
if our children would long to hear what we had to say? We must be longing to give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard from our Father. Why? Because if we don't, we will drift away. We may say, but my family's been here in Louisville since this congregation was started. Well, that doesn't inoculate you from drifting. You too can drift away. We may say, but my faith is strong enough to handle a a little time away. I need a little break, a little time away from God's Word. We're wrong if we think that. Hearing the Word of God, God involves acting upon the Word of God Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is brought about by hearing and acting on what God's word asks us to do and become. This all sounds good until we have to change something, right? It's easy to say, very hard to do. Very short verse, but hard to implement. Remember the story of the rich uh, ruler in Luke 18? This rich ruler in Luke 18 that Jesus called on saying, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. The ruler heard Jesus, yet he chose not to obey. When it came to something difficult for this man that Jesus would ask of him, he chose not to listen. He heard the word spoken, but he understood what it was going to cost him. And we know he understood because he went away sorrowful. He understood what God was asking of him, what Jesus was asking, but he didn't do it. What can get in the way of our obedience to what we're hearing from God? We sometimes think we know better. We know our situation better than anyone else. We rationalize our way out of doing what God has asked because we think we know better. Well, God knows our situation better than you and I do, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we want to throw up as an excuse not to follow his will. We see in this example, Jesus knew the heart of the, of the young ruler, and he knows ours too. He knew what he was holding back, and God knows what I hold back from him, and he knows what you hold back from him. Is there anything that we're holding back from a full devotion to God? If we would simply listen to God and do what he says, isn't that how it works in the home? You think, if my child would just listen to what I say and just simply just just do what I'm asking, it would work out so much better for them. Don't you think that that's the same way it works with our Father in heaven? If we would simply just do what he's asking us to do, it would just work out better for us. At times, we uh, allow our own desires to get in the way. We don't want to change something that we like to do. We've got to remember our place in this world. We, everyone in this building, are the created. We're not the creator. We are servants. We are willing slaves to the Most High God, not seeking to be served. We are not and will not ever be all-knowing, but God is and he always will be. We are to seek after what brings God glory and not our own here. God glorifies us as those who receive justification if we are in Christ. And we will be glorified with Christ if we indeed are ready to suffer with him. Something else that may interfere with our active listening to God's word is being entrenched in our own beliefs and not open to what the scriptures are telling us that may be different than what we've always done. 
Remember the Pharisees were of the sort, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men in Matthew 15, 9. They were unwilling to listen to Jesus. Oh, they heard him. They heard the words coming out of his mouth. But they did not want to listen to him with understanding. They wanted to silence our Lord, discredit him, and ultimately put him to death. Do we want to silence our Lord? Do we want to approach him with deaf ears in certain areas, but not in others? Sometimes we have difficulty listening because after fighting so hard for so long, we become tired of enduring certain hardships. And we may use this weariness as a reason to cease listening, cease transforming ourselves into what God desires us to be, cease fighting against the temptations that come our way. Brethren, Galatians 6, 9 exhorts us, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if, if we faint not. Brethren, let us not faint. We cannot use weariness of the flesh, weariness of our spirit as an excuse to stop listening and implementing what God has said for us to do and be. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 echoes this, But ye, brethren, do not weary in well-doing. We cannot excuse our lack of active listening, our lack of obedience to God's will, based on what we've done in the past. I've done enough. No, we have not. We're still here. We're still living, we're still breathing, we're still alive, we're still Christians following Him. We need to continue following and doing through the remainder of our lives and not give up. We have a lot to lose if we give up. How's my hearing and how's your hearing when it comes to God's Word telling us that reaping what we sow is a natural and spiritual law that will not be violated? Do you believe that? Sowing seeds of hate, selfishness, laziness, will only bring forth evil. It will not bring forth good. How about in the ideas of listening to those who are older and wiser than we are in areas of judgment? How about treating others the way that we would want to be treated? How about worshiping the way God intended to be worshipped, not the way we'd want to do it? How about dressing in such a way that is becoming of a Christian? What about what comes from our mouth originating in our heart? Do you examine what, we, what you say and what, do I examine what I say and realize it's coming from my heart ultimately? Do we brag about what we have or, or we're able to accomplish? Do we lie about things? Do we say things like, I'll never forgive you or I'll never forgive that person for what they did? Turn with me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 10. After Jesus tells the multitudes the parable of the sower, Jesus tells them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Was he telling them to simply hear his voice? Or did, he, did his petition include acting what he had, he had taught? Certainly, he wanted them to heed what he was saying. His disciples asked a question, and Jesus gives an answer that helps us in this. Matthew, 10, uh, excuse me, Matthew 13, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, 
Even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive, for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Are we longing to see? Are we longing to hear? Are we longing to understand? Jesus' enemies did not have sufficient interest in the gospel to dedicate themselves to trying to understand it. That is, it was because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand, that he spoke to them in parables. Again, it was not the case that because he spoke to them in parables that they did not understand. It was the reverse They didn't desire to hear and understand. His enemies were like those in Isaiah's day to whom that prophet said, you will indeed hear but never understand. You will indeed see but never perceive. They heard with their physical ears but not with their spiritual ears of understanding and thus they did not understand. They saw with their physical eyes but not with their spiritual eyes and thus they did not perceive. God was not withholding anything from them. They simply refused to see the truth because they were deliberately choosing to. They had no love, thus they had no use for the truth. Further, their hearts had grown dull, and with their ears they could barely hear, and their eyes they had closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and Jesus would heal them. In short, they ultimately didn't want to be healed because they did not see themselves in need of healing. Therefore, their hearts had grown dull, and with their ears they could barely hear, their eyes they had closed. They were not born with dull hearts, with ears that could barely hear, with eyes closed, nor had God done anything to them that resulted in their failure to understand the truth. Do we see ourselves as no longer in need of healing? No longer needing to make changes, no longer needing to take in God's word and have it act on us. May it never be said of us that our eyes are closed and our ears are closed and our minds are closed to continuing to understand and become more of what God would want us to be. God demands that we hear him by obeying him. No extenuating circumstances, no excuses, no thinking my way is better, my way makes me feel more happy, no thinking God will understand if I miss worship because I'm too tired. Have you ever heard that checking on someone? You call and, well, I missed you, sister, I missed you, brother. I was just too tired. Was Jesus too tired to withstand the temptations of the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights? Was Jesus too tired to face the crucifixion for me? For you, are we too tired to assemble together to worship? Do we really want to face our Lord on the judgment and tell him, I was just too tired to listen to you. I was too tired to to obey. I was just too tired. Jesus says, he who has an ear, let him hear. We all have spiritual ears to hear with, don't we? 
Mark 8, 34 through 35. Mark 8, 34 through 35. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So brethren, my petition to myself and to you is to decide to hear better. Spiritual hearing is a choice. It's not something we simply lose over time, like our physical ability to hear you know, sounds. It's something we continue to choose each and every day to hear, to open our minds, our ears, our eyes, to see what God wants us to see and do. Where does the wisdom of God revealed in God's Word eventually lead us? The wisdom of God allows one to see in the mind what the end result will be when applying God's Word to our lives. After you've lived for a while, the results are clear. Children grow, grandchildren come. The wisdom of God is seen in the choices that we made if we followed His will. How devoted were we in attending the worship assemblies with our brethren? How faithful are our children? What did we do with our free time? Lots of recreation or did we work for the Lord? You want to see the future? God paints the picture. When we make poor choices in sin, and God paints the picture of how it's going to turn out. You commit adultery, you work half-heartedly, if you have an unloving relationship in your marriage, if you live selfishly, hell awaits those. Living sacrificially for the Lord, heaven awaits those. So ask yourself the same question I'm asking myself. Do I really put God's instruction into practice? and choose to let God's revealed word guide my decisions in life, or do I allow someone else to guide me? God has the way to the most rewarding life already figured out. And if we follow his will, that's what we will have. This does not mean that we're going to have all the things that we want here, the physical things. It doesn't mean we're going to have all the experiences that we want to experience. It doesn't mean we're going to have the daily routines and all the joys that these fleshly bodies would want to occupy with perpetual feelings of happiness. But brethren, we'll have joy and peace and purpose in heaven. We'll have those things. I know some of you, for fact, are enduring incredibly hard circumstances beyond what I have ever endured. Brethren, Stay true. Hold firm. Don't give up. Keep on pressing. Keep on listening to God's word. Keep on hearing. Keep on doing. Don't give up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hear God's word in such a way that you put it into practice. And you will have the faith talked about in the scriptures. Faith that is real. Faith that causes us to transform faith that saves that's the faith that we want i want to thank you so much for listening this morning you've given me such such good kind attention uh, i'd like us to pray together in this final minute of time that we have for this worship period and then we'll be dismissed to our bible classes dear heavenly father we approach you with such thanksgiving in our hearts today that you have revealed yourself to us that you have given us the way to go that you have allowed us to seek after you and you've revealed yourself. You're, you're open about who you are and what you expect and what you want us to be and most importantly, what you have done. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for sending him to this earth. 
We thank you for the sacrifice that he made, that you gave of your son. We're so thankful, Father, for the salvation that you offer to all mankind. God, we pray that you would give us courage to hear better, to listen more intently to your word, to truly put it into practice. Father, we are sorrowful for the times we have not done so. We ask that you would be with us as we repent of those times, that we would be better moving forward knowing that we can depend on you and you're faithful to forgive us. God, we ask that you give us opportunities to serve in ways that we are capable. Give us the courage to take them. God, give us direction through your word and again, help us to understand it with wisdom that only you can provide. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.